This is the Seedbed Daily Text. The long hump of Wednesday in Zarephath. 1 Kings 17, 10-12 So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Consider this. Good morning, Pilgrim Saints. It's Wednesday. Before we get going, you know I love cheers, chants, and battle cries. The proper liturgical church word would be antiphonal responses or versicles, which, no surprise to you, I hate. Well, it's time for another one. I've been rehearsing it at the end of every day, but I want to bring it to the front now as well. I will say, this is the way, and you will respond from glory to glory. This is the way. It's your turn. From glory to glory. Now, there's something else I failed to tell you about Zarephath. The Hebrew word for Zarephath has what turns out to be a quite fitting meaning. Zarephath is an eponym, which is a person, place, or thing for which something or some place is named. Zarephath became an eponym for a smelter or forge, or metalworking shop. It's a bit of an eponymous serendipity, wouldn't you agree? Elijah definitely found himself in a sweltering, smeltering forge, kind of like an endless Wednesday. He's on the front end of what will be a three-year drought, and he is in hiding. The word of the Lord directed him to Zarephath, where the fire would get much hotter. God's solution for Elijah's provision turned out not to be a super wealthy widow. Take a look. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home 
and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Perhaps it goes without saying, she had not yet come across Robert Schuller of Crystal Cathedral fame, famous book. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Sidebar, I remember as an emerging adolescent when I first became aware of my weakness as a person. It wasn't that I had weaknesses. I became aware I was constitutionally weak. I was missing something at the core of my being, and I knew it. There began the long climb to try and solve this problem by constructing a version of myself that would be strong, or at least perceived as such. The technical term for such a persona turns out to be a false self. We all do this to one degree or another, and it works, at least for a while. The problem is we are not our accomplishments or our resume or our appearance or our impressive experience or our wowing Rolodex. The good news is we are not the lack absence of, or even opposite of those things either. Back to me, I knew in those days and every day since that I was not poor, and yet I was weak. I will forever remember when I read these words from Jesus and the utter relief they brought. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I was and continued to experience what Jesus calls poverty of spirit and names as the doorway into the quality and quantity of life he calls eternal. Eternal life is the very substance and essence of glory because it is the very life of God. And this is the gospel itself. Not that you believe, behave, and then wait to go to heaven when you die. It is that heaven comes to us now while we are dead in sin and makes us gloriously alive in Jesus Christ. So back to our widow, who was as good as dead. She was not only poor in possessions, but it had led her to deep poverty of spirit as well. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Schuler was right. Tough times never last.
he was also wrong. Tough people don't last either. At least not in the way Jesus intends. It is the weak, the poor in spirit, who not only last, but they flourish because they have come to know a flourishing beyond the terms of the world, an abundance beyond possessions and monetary wealth, and a joy beyond temporary circumstantial happiness. They become in this world simultaneously vulnerable to evil, yet untouchable by Satan. Subject to all the vicissitudes of life, yet mysteriously held by the unseen God. Let's not lose the gravity of the moment, though. This, my pilgrim friends, is God's plan for Elijah's sustenance. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Wednesday is going to take a while, like three years. And why, God? Why this approach? But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 31. This is the way from glory to glory. The prayer, Abba Father, this is confounding. Your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. We want this to change, though. We know it is a process, indeed, a from glory to glory process. I confess I would rather be strong than weak, and yet I will never be strong in you until I learn to embrace and celebrate my own deep weakness and stop trying to escape it. Holy Spirit, sow this unlikely and unconventional wisdom deep in my life. Praying in Jesus' name.
Amen. The question, how do you relate to being or becoming poor in spirit? What is the shape and scope of your false self? For the awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.